have just passed as, as of this recording just passed the uh, world vegan day which okay uh, awesome we hello to all our vegan friends out there i know yes. we both we both have a lot of them um, yes very very cool uh just folks all of all the, all the vegan people in my world are are good people so uh, excited for them to be able to celebrate a day but there's this thing that came across my feed that i thought was so cool so there is a company we all know the company they're called Oscar Meyer, right? Known for very classic gourmet meat, um, <laughs> right. as we as we all know, some of the delicious hot dogs that we've eaten for our entire lives have come from Oscar Meyer. But they decided to get in on World Vegan Day. So when I, the obviously the double take that I took was like, wait, Oscar Meyer vegan? How exactly is this going to work? What's going on here? <laughs> right. So check out what they did. They are doing or They have done this sweepstakes in this campaign celebrating World Vegan Day. And to do it, they are pledging that if vegans will pledge to take the day off from bacon, they called it a bake off, take a day off from bacon, abstain from eating bacon during that holiday, then they were going to give someone a lifetime supply of, you guessed it, bacon. <laughs> How insane I don't under, is that? <laughs> so they, I, I don't under, I don't understand. You're like, you, you know, it's, yeah, well, that's, that's, well, that's, that's what's so in, intriguing. I think, and, and, and I, from what I'm reading about it is they're trying to pitch and play on the irony of the whole thing. So apparently the backstory behind bacon and vegans is that the majority of vegans that cheat and go and eat meat, you know what they cheat to go eat? Well, yes, of course. I <laughs> it's mean, bacon. Abso absolutely. <laughs> it's bacon. Absolutely. Yeah. So Oscar Meyer's like, you know what? We're going to throw our hat in the ring. We're going to, we're going to promote this sweepstakes. We're going to do this campaign. Obviously it's less than conventional. Sure. But, but talk about like, how do you get your name kind of out there in a population of people that maybe you're probably not touching because they have no interest in your product. Well, here's how you do it. You're going to give them away a, a literally a lifetime supply of something and they'll, they'll find some sort of value in that. I would assume, right? <laughs> uh, it's a bold move. I'll give yeah, them that, Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's one of those things that, um, one way or the other, they're getting the, they're getting attention. Um, they may be further dividing away from that audience, <laughs> but I realize the point may not be to actually market to that audience anyway. Um, so interesting, you know, and, and, and I, I think that this is one of those things where it's just like it is squeezing everything out of um, what you've got uh, yeah. and, and understanding that sometimes you're just not going to appeal to certain people. But uh, what is the best way uh, to use what you've got? to get in front of both those people and uh, to make a splash with the people that you probably uh, already have as an audience, but you know, you needed some new way to, to put yourself out there. And you know, I mean, that's the thing is like, you, yeah, you're taking a risk with a population of pissing a lot of people <laughs> off, but also you're doing exactly that. You're making the most of what you already have. And uh, you know, I think that that is a very interesting thing, um, which, which, you know, fun, convenient transition um that's kind of what today's show is about right so what, what are we talking about today yeah oddly enough so it's funny in that article that i read they actually referred to bacon as the gateway meat by the way <laughs> which i just i just enjoyed that phrase uh that was pretty good but what we're going to talk about obviously there's an easy transition here so what we're going to talk about actually is how photography and videography really lends itself 
to specifically what you do in the marketing world. Um, and, and, and the reason that we spin it this way and, and the reason that Oscar Meyer makes a lot of sense because we're going to talk about how to produce really good imagery that looks like a, you know, a million dollar steak, but maybe you don't have the budget to really put something together. Don't worry. We've got some really good solutions for you. So it's how to produce steak imagery on a hot dog budget. I love it. Let's dive in. Let's do it. All right, man. So obviously, I've got a great amount of access, obviously, to all that you and the rest of the entire Serial Progress Seeker team actually put out into the world. But lately, I've kind of come across some stuff that the team's been doing to me that's really kind of taken some stuff to the next level. And I really thought this would be a cool conversation to have and, and to kind of get your inside your head on some of this because whether it's graphics or whether it's videos man for stuff even for this particular podcast that i've seen on youtube or tiktok or spotify or what you're doing on facebook whatever it is whether it's the way that the team is designing things or the way you're going about designing websites or images you're sharing all over social media dude maybe i'm a little biased but man this shit looks good and and i i feel like it's it it deserves a little accolades but it also like it's this is kind of the whole point of why we get together is to kind of share some of the secrets behind what we do and and beyond looking good i know there's a great deal of function right to the to the right. imagery the videos you create um especially when you consider Honestly, the relatively and and maybe you tell me if I'm wrong here, the relatively low spend that we have on some of this stuff. So that's what I kind of want to get in uh, into today. So let's start from just just from the bare bones, like a philosophical standpoint, right? So when it comes to images <clears throat> or videos that are that are strictly promoting your brand, what are what are some absolute musts? So why why have you made the choices that you've made when it comes to things like? Uh, you know, your your brand guide, right? Your colors, your fonts, your styles, stuff like that. And then we'll lead that into some of the images and videos that you're actually putting out into the world. Yeah. You know, I think that the, the first thing that you have to sort of realize when you're doing anything that is you're trying to make your brand look, um, you know, more professional than maybe it actually is. And I think that's how we all feel. We all feel like our brand is not as professional as we'd like it for it to be or doesn't have the resources to be that. But a lot of the things that you can do when you're first getting started is you understand that you can hack um, you can hack all these things together to looking like, you know, a million-dollar brand or a multi-million-dollar brand if you just keep a couple things in mind. And the first thing is really just have a color scheme. That is, you know, if you have a color scheme that is solid, and it is, you know, going on throughout all of your marketing, then everything is going to come off more professional, even if sometimes your designs are not as professional. Every so often, man, we'll have something come out. Uh, I think like just recently you had me in the Slack channel being like, listen, we need to polish this thing up here. This is not perfect. Um, but even when you have something that's not perfect, if it follows your color scheme, um, it's still going to sort of fall into this place to where people are thinking, oh, that, that's, that's good. And oh, that was an interesting choice they made there, but it still falls within the scheme. And so where a lot of people really screw up um, their branding and they fall into this, you know, this weird spot, you know, most of us when, that are in business, we got into business because we were a good chiropractor or we make a great pizza or, you know, right. we serve a great drink. We're not in it because we know how to like, you know, put together an image or a video um, that, yeah. that's just not the, a built in skill for most of us. Um, and most of us don't have the ability to practice as much as you and I do. Uh, but I, I think the thing that that is really key that hit me early on is 
you know, I, I try to think about, okay, what are three colors that represent who we are? And you can kind of trace this back to a lot of like schools. Um, coming up, you know, we all, most of us, uh, went to a high school that uh, had a mascot and that mascot uh, or the, the colors of the school were like three colors. And usually th- that, that became a tradition out of convenience because, you know, you play home games, you play away games, you have to wear different jerseys, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to have this color scheme that can't just be two colors. It usually has to be three colors so that you can do several things. And so with a brand, I try to think about it that way, you know, and, and not that most, you know, I'm not saying all schools have great, you know, mascots or designs. <laughs> But what I'm saying is that three-color scheme thing is nice. And so there's some really interesting resources out there that you can go to. One of the great places that we like to design, and um, and I have no stake in this company, so you know I, I talk about them all the time, but Canva is really great. One of the tools that Canva actually has, and you can do a Google search for this, is um, the Canva color scheme thing. Uh, and I don't even know what to call it. Uh, we'll yeah, have it's, to, like we'll a, it's like a palette generator or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so you can pick like one color or you can pick two colors and it'll help you sort of match your color scheme for a brand. And we use that all the time when we're coming up with new concepts to actually make sure that our color scheme uh, is balanced because I have no built-in uh, <laughs> ability to do that. And so being able to pick two or three colors that represent your brand and then just making sure that that is something that's used across the board. And so one of the things that we do that I think is really important is you know on top of having a color scheme – we put together a document. Uh, we call it our brand book. Uh, and we'll link you guys to a brand book so that you guys can see this. But uh, we have a brand book that's to anybody that we work with, uh, whether they're building a website for us, whether they're building images for us, whatever it is, they have access to this so they can see, hey, not only are these the three colors that we have, but these are the three fonts that we use in all of our stuff. And <clears throat> the thing that you'll realize, because every so often time becomes a constraint, but if you've ever seen anything come out of Serial Progress Secret in the last two years, you're like, that looks weird. Um, that's that's strange. Uh, it's because somebody didn't follow the brand book. Um, and it happens occasionally that something you know doesn't follow that and it leaks out. But when it does, you notice it. But still, yeah. we have sort of these foundational components that sort of keep us grounded because of the color schemes. And that's it. If you want to like hack something together like that, 90% of businesses that don't look professional do wrong. It's they don't have a solid color scheme and a solid font scheme. You do those things consistently across your brand and um, you're st- you can still screw up. Obviously, you can still screw up. We do it all the time. But you do have this baseline of things. And I, I think that's the key is like, you know, I-, I follow this across a lot of industries. You know, when you build a show, you know some of your favorite shows that are on TV. One of the core things that a lot of those, um, a lot of those shows have in place is what they would have is quote unquote your brand book for the show. Now, what I mean by that is the characters have rules, and so um, when they bring in other writers to write with them, there's this book of rules that things the characters can and cannot do because of who those characters are. And so it's sort of a brand book per character um, or a group of characters in a show. And so it's important that you establish like this set of rules or what we call a brand book for your brand that says these are the things that we do. These are the things that we don't do because of the brand and um, kind of giving that model of not only what your brand is, not only what your colors are, but what your company stands for. If you can pass those things on to anybody that you work with, it's much easier than for them to create concepts that sort of fit into what you're thinking because you want everything that you do to sort of bleed, not only the colors, not only the fonts, but what is the idea behind what you're doing? And if you establish those things in your brand book, um, it gets very, very easy to not screw up and not to look, you know, 
unprofessional. And, and that's, that's the problem most people have is maybe they don't have a budget, but then they don't have any rules as to how, you know, their brand should act when things are being created. And I can get into who, you know, how we hack that even further as we go, but that's the start of it all. Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes a whole lot of sense, especially because so many of the businesses that we work with, right, have a lot of, uh, I don't, I don't know, transient nature to them. There's a lot of, you know, turnover from employee standpoint and things like that, but they want to be able to keep a brand consistent. And the way you can do that from turnover of employees and stuff like that is to have that set, set guideline and set in place. And, and the word you use there was consistency. I think, uh, it seems like we tend to bring that up like every time we talk, but that's just so important to literally everything we do. It's about developing that. So you, and you talked about Canva a little bit, but, um, sure. And, and obviously that's just, uh, mainly for images or are you doing, are you doing video stuff in Canva too? Well, uh, you know, Canva has expanded itself since it's been around and Canva is a huge company. Now I uh, started off as a yearbook uh, design company, which we, I think we've mentioned wow. once before, yeah. but that's where they started. And so, you know, their, their whole idea has always been uniformity and consistency across things. Um, but you know, if you don't know what Canva is, it's a template building sort of service cool thing about Canva is you can actually go in and when you sign up for a Canva account, you can actually build, you know, stuff for your brand. So you can actually tell Canva, hey, these are the three fonts that we use in this brand. So it actually collects them and puts it up first when you're picking a font for whatever design you're doing. Uh, it also has a color scheme. So you can program a color scheme into Canva so that every time you're doing something, that is the colors that are immediately available. And th this is where a lot of people miss this. Um, if you really get into design, um, you can you know, of a color scheme of all the colors that you can possibly use, you know, there are so many different reds. <laughs> there yeah. are so many different blues. And so it's incredibly important that you have the exact red, the exact blue, the exact things across your entire company. And so in Canva, that's something that we actually have stored is the exact fonts that we use, the exact color codes that are for our brand so that, you know, when we actually go into this in, a, in our brand book, it actually not only lists, you know, shows the color, but it actually gives the color code that someone can actually take and put into Photoshop. They can put into Canva. They can put into whatever program they're using, and they are using that exact red that we use. And so that, that's incredibly important. Um, but yeah, the, the cool part about something like Canva is this, and this is another trick for anybody that is really, you know, wanting to sort of up what their company or their business is doing from a, you know, marketing standpoint without having to spend a lot. A lot of people think the only way I'm going to get a really, really good sort of design for my business is if I hire an expensive designer that's going to cost me thousands of dollars a month. No. What you need to do, and, and the trick, the hack behind doing this, hire a designer one time to come in and design specific things for you. So a social media post type, maybe 10 different YouTube thumbnails. We're in the, we're in the middle of right now because I, the other day I was like, Hey, we need to upgrade our YouTube thumbnails. Let's go hire someone to build us 10 different templates using our brand stuff that we can use over and over. So I'm hiring that right. person one time in the next year, we will use those templates over and over and over again internally with my existing team. And so what you want to do when you actually hire a designer is have them build you a canvas of things that you can pull down and grab at any time. Um, and it's all sort of sitting there in front of you, right? And that's what a designer will do. They will actually build you the templates now. And so what we do a lot of times is we'll have our designers actually get inside of something like Canva, build us all of these different templates, and then we'll actually have them readily available for us. One of the things that we started a while back because we saw such a need for this is when we were hiring um, 
these designers to come build templates for various things that we were doing. We actually started a membership uh, called Carbon Copy. And what Carbon Copy actually is, is the collection of everything these designers have done for us over the years. We're like, okay, that's immediately useful for us. We've got to put it in a place that we have access to it. Why don't we extend some of, some of this template work into you know, giving it to other people. So stuff that's like, like Canva is really good at giving you templates that are out of the box, but there's millions of people using those templates, like millions of people using those templates. So you start seeing things that are familiar, you know, that you've seen before. So for us, we're like, we'll build carbon copy. We'll give access to hundreds of people. And, you know, it rarely is anybody going to ever see that use your branding. So we have all these templates that nobody else can get that we had custom built from a designer one time. And that's the thing. I have designs and carbon copy that were there two years ago that I'll be like, okay, I need this work. And I, I've already got it. I've already got it. It's sitting right there. But yeah. that's the power of having a designer come in now. And you know, you don't have to have a designer on staff anymore. You have a designer build you one thing and then you can have your existing team or you use it over and over and over again and make little tiny modifications to it, but it still fits your brand. It still is what you want to do. And so, like I said, Yes, I have to spring for that designer one time. Um, but instead of having to spend over and over and over again with that designer, I've got the template that I can use for anything that we're doing. And that's that's one of the key tricks of everything we're doing right now is we use that designer one time. Now, from a video standpoint, uh, because that was the actual original question you asked me, <laughs> from a video standpoint, a lot of what we're actually doing in Canva is um, we don't edit video in Canva. Um, I don't think that that's a platform that is quite there yet. I'm sure with you know the money they've got, they could probably get there. But what we do is we build a lot of things that we actually use in our videos. And so we, when we go edit videos, like if you go to watch, if you're on TikTok and you're actually watching something that we're doing, if you're on YouTube, there's like overlays over the top of everything that mm -hmm. sort of sit with the videos. All those things get built in Canva and then they get pulled into the video editors. And so you know if you're watching, like I said, a TikTok of us, you'll usually see above my head They'll be, okay, here's the podcast this was actually pulled from. And then you'll see like, here is the point of this, you know, minute to three minute video that's below me and I'm talking somewhere in between. All that is, is a Canva template that we use over and over and over again, just make small modifications and then we pull it out and use it like that. And so that's one of the examples of like, what's a template that we had designed that can just be used over and over and over again and shows up all over the place. And, and that's that's kind of how it works for both video and just static imagery. Yeah, that's awesome. That's exactly what I wanted to get into was the kind of the financial hack of how you get around doing that. I think that's really, really smart. And, uh, and, and so, and I know too, also just from seeing your stuff everywhere, whether it's, you know, um, on social media, or I, I know you build a lot of websites and, and, and stuff like that. So you use a lot of what looks like beautiful photographic images and a lot of beautiful, beautifully produced video. How in the world do you get access to that stuff? And, and what kind of like financial impact comes along when you, when you use that kind of stuff? So, you know, you, you got to kind of, you got to figure out how to hack video. And that's been like a lifelong thing for me to figure out, you know, what are the things that you've got to figure out to do video the right way? Now, am I saying that this is not this, that this setup like we've got here is not, was not somewhat expensive? Of course, like you know, but but honestly, like you look behind me, you're like, oh, well, some thought and care was put into what's actually behind Ben, right? Sure. But honestly, like this is a couple of hue lights. I mean, you know, seriously, I you know, all this is is strategically put lights that cost you know 
a few hundred bucks here and there that were collected over time. And the cool part about it is, is the things that I can do with it. So if I wanted to change the lighting behind me, you change it that way. And it's all, it's stuff that literally everybody, you can go to a Home Depot or a Lowe's anywhere and you can get access to what's going on behind me. That And all it is, is just strategically placed through the room, right? And And that's a, that's an aesthetic thing. If I were to actually turn the lights on in this room, it's a very boring looking and unprofessional room. Like this is, there's nothing that was like, oh my gosh, we had a designer come in and custom built this. It's literally me sitting on a couch, uh, a, a couple of Pac-Man lights behind me that somebody gave to me and um, some hue lights that are sitting in the floor lighting things up. But it comes off in a completely different way than that. So a lot of it is what you use out of this. I will give you the number one thing. The number one hack for video and coming off more professional than you actually are, no matter what camera you're using, is spend your money on this. This is the key. If you get your audio right, even if the video is not right, the perception of your video is up here. That's it. If people can hear you and you come off clear, then they ignore a lot of the pieces of the actual video. So if you're going to invest money in any sort of video, um, even if you're like just using your smartphone to do the video, make sure you're not using just the audio that comes out of the smartphone. Make sure you're using some sort of microphone that attaches to your smartphone that is a little bit of a higher quality microphone. Um, this one is just a sure microphone. I am a, I'm a musician. You know this. Um, one of the top microphones that we use uh, when we're recording stuff is a sure SM7B. Okay. So it's like a $300 microphone. We've used it for podcasting in the past when we were doing our uh, basketball podcast. Um, and this is a USB version of that. Um, so it's not the, the exact mic, but it's a more portable because this this particular microphone hooks in through a USB port. Um, that microphone doesn't. So that's why this is this. But this is the hack. Like if you really want to get into the hack of like how to come off a lot more professional, this is not a, an incredibly expensive microphone. But we get much more pro quality sound than if I was going through the microphone in the camera or the microphone coming out of my laptop that's sitting here. So the first thing that everybody needs to do when they're uh, setting up, you know, and wanting to look more professional in a video, get that right. That, mm. That's the most important thing. Um, second is, um, as I was saying before, if I turn the lights on in this room, because this is just my house, you know, <laughs> this is not. <laughs> You know, this is not anything that's like some, like I said, some pro quality studio. This is literally just a room in my house. And if I went and turned this, um, this light on over here, uh, you're going to have a top light, uh, just like in any house that's not going to come off and look really good on camera. So we turn that off. We, we want to be completely done with that. What is actually shining at me are a couple of LED lights, um, that I can, once again, I can control from my phone. I could turn them on, turn them off. Um, <clears throat> but what they do, is it gives me ability to control what's aimed at my face. So instead of light coming down at me from this way, I have light that's coming at me, you know, in a more controlled fashion. <clears throat> These, uh, once again, not incredibly expensive. I will literally link you, all of you guys to everything that we've got in the show notes uh, for this. The only other thing, um, and this is, this is where a little expense starts to come in is the camera. <clears throat> I am using a, uh, a, a more pro quality camera than my webcam. If I were to switch to my webcam right now, you would see a drastic difference. You know, maybe I can do that. So maybe we can actually uh, set that up. It, it, no, it says I can't change in the middle. It's probably not a good idea because I would totally break <laughs> it. But my webcam that comes with my computer is one thing. Um, the the actual thing that I've invested in, which actually sort of gives you this interesting blur effect behind me, 
Um, it's a, it's, you know, a quote unquote DSLR. Uh, I've used a couple different things. Uh, and this is probably the most expensive thing besides the laptop. That's going to be a little more expensive, but the most expensive thing is I have is a camera, but, uh, this camera that I am actually coming out to you guys right now was something I researched the heck out of. I'll link you of course to the camera too, but the simple setup is this. Let's say you can't afford the camera and you can just afford the webcam. Cool. Invest in this. Let's say you got a little more money that you want to come off a little more professional. Invest some lights that you can, you know, that are LEDs that aren't going to get hot, um, especially when you're doing podcasts this long. You don't want lights that are going to get hot. Um, invest in some LED lights, and, and you're good. And then, like I said, maybe down the road you can invest in a, in a camera that's going to give you a little bit more pro quality. Um, and like I said, you can build it piecemeal. The key is, is with most video, this is where you start. The thing that has, you know, you know, it has very little to do with video. It's all audio. But if you get this right, uh, everything is good. The only reason that we can turn this into an audio podcast, a bunch of TikTok videos, a bunch of Facebook videos, a bunch of Instagram videos, is because this is right. If this wasn't right, this microphone in front of me, everything else that we do, you know, you could be in a million dollar video studio right now and have a crappy mic and all of that money is out the door. But you get this right. You get the microphone right. And all the other stuff, uh, people will forgive, and they don't think so much about. So that's the trick. Yeah, that's a good. That's a really good deep dive into the actual production of what's going on, and I think that's what's that's what's missing from a lot of people's tool belts, right? So that's I'm really glad you shared some of that stuff because some of it that's you know not everyone went to school to learn how to produce audio video, and 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 it can be a challenge, especially if you're a business owner. And you're trying to create something, you know, maybe from your cell phone or uh, and, and trying to show someone inside your business, whatever it is. So it's good to have little tips and tricks as to what's going on there. Well, I should give you another trick. Um, oh, okay. The other, got one. I, I got one more. This is actually the most Sweet. important thing. This is the most important thing. And uh, a lot of people don't really take this into account. I think a lot of people maybe think because this is we, because of the way we do things that we just kind of show up. I literally had a friend the other day that was talking about one of our podcasts, a friend that we haven't talked to in a while. But he was, he's like, yeah, I've been listening to your podcast and, uh, you know, I really like this episode and this episode. The thing that a lot of people don't pick up on is they think we kind of show up and do this before even the microphone comes into play being, you know, one of your essential tools. The reason that this works is the planning that happens beforehand, which I do zero of, by the way. Um, Marshall does all of the planning, you guys. And so Marshall has these very detailed documents that sort of walk through what's going to be done on each of these, um, each of these podcasts, each of these videos that we do. And I think the most important thing is it doesn't matter if you have the microphone even. Um, it doesn't matter if you have the video. You can literally be like hitting yourself up here. A lot of what makes this stuff worth watching or listening to is 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 the content good, period. Mm -hmm. Is there something you can actually learn that is going to improve your life or, or help you to do something that you already want to do? And so a lot of the stuff that, you know, if you had to, if you had to sacrifice everything else and you have zero budget, all you have is your smartphone, sit down in front of a doc, like a word doc and plan out the things you want to say. Most of the stuff that we do, you guys, it's a title. Um, okay. This is what it's going to be titled. It's here's the major concepts we want to cover. And then we usually have typically around five bullet points that we try to build things around that. These are the major things. Now, as Marshall will tell you, I will take us off the rails every single time, <laughs> every single time. But it is that base layer that gives me the ability to weave in and out of the expertise that's in my head. The problem is, is I've been doing this so long at this point 
that I don't even remember all the things that I would like to talk about that I that could be beneficial. But the things that Marshall actually plans out for us beforehand pull stuff out that um, you know people tell us are, are very very valuable to them. So you know, I, I would say this: you know, with anything that you're doing, typically video wise, you can you can get away with a whole lot in terms of the equipment if you have a little pre planning so that before you turn that camera on, you know what you're going to say. And I, I think that's probably the number one mistake I see with anybody out there when they're getting on video is they don't get to the point quick enough because they're like searching for it in their head while they're doing the video. Hmm. You lose people fast. You lose yeah. people fast. Even when you got great content, you lose people fast. The key is making sure that you've got a plan so that when you turn that camera on, when you turn that microphone on, you get to the point and you give people what they came for. And if you can do that, um, once again, people will forgive a lot and forget about the quality of everything else. And so I, you know, I think it would be terrible if we talked about equipment, we talked about tools, if we didn't talk about the planning that goes into all of these things beforehand. And like nobody wants to hear that. Oh, it's a bunch of planning. But that's <laughs> the real secret behind everything. If you don't have good planning, you don't have good content. If you don't have good content, once again, none of the other stuff matters. Well, I'm really glad you brought that up because I, I hadn't even thought to even touch that direction. But that makes perfect sense because – it, it's And we talk about it with businesses all the time because they come to us asking all the time, I don't know what to talk about. Like, I, what, what do I what do I say? What do I mention about my business? And that's where you come in all the time. And I've heard you say it so many times. I think it's so helpful. Listen, what are you really good at? Well, okay, cool. Why don't you teach me that? Yeah, perfect. You, you say that all the time. And I think that's it, people that are lost on content and worried about things like getting their damn lighting right on their cell phone. Who cares? You know, if yeah. you could, if you could just put the cell phone in front of you and teach me how to make a really good steak or a really good hot dog, then I'm going to watch. <laughs> well, you know, you know, and there's this particular business owner in my mind right now because, um, I want to hire them to do a sign for me. We're going to start up a business soon, a brick and mortar. Um, and I need, I need a sign for it. And there's this guy that I've known for probably four or five years now because, uh, he actually married someone that we went to school with, uh, back in the day, but like incredibly talented sign maker. Like it blows me away the work that, that this person has. And I think about, you know, as I'm thinking about like doing business with them, I think about all the things that I want to ask him. Okay. Now I am very well aware that all the things that I want to ask this person so that I can make sure I get my sign done correctly are probably questions that he gets from people like me every single day. Okay. Now this, this is what we do for our clients when we actually go work with them. I say, okay, literally when somebody comes and asks you for a sign, what are the, what are the 10 most common questions they ask you, um, before they spend money with you? And we have the business owner write those things down. Well, there is video content. There is how you start to, from the ground up, plan that. Now, here's the other thing. After you do those 10 questions that are the most common people ask, you say, okay, what are 10 questions that people should be asking you that they never do because they're not educated enough yet about the process? So these would be probably the questions that someone would ask after they get those first 10 answered. But he'll, you know, he would tell me, hey, this is, this is the next 10 that you should have. And so right there, what we have is we have 20 pieces of content um, that, uh, number one, make up a YouTube channel. That, you know, even short videos, that's a YouTube channel. That makes up a TikTok channel. That makes up all of these things that if they just put those pieces of content out there and then, you know, some examples of the work <laughs> to show off what they're actually doing, that's the kind of thing that drives insane business, insane business. And so from a perspective of, you, you know, you're sort of planning, because I think that's probably the most important part of this whole thing is when you're planning your content, if you're an expert at something 
and people know you're an expert because you've produced work. Maybe you're a musician that plays all the time, and people are like, "Well, how do I learn how to do this?" And you know, when I book you, how much does it cost? And um, you know, how long can you play? And what kind of music do you play? Like videos like that are things that are incredibly important to put out, and it can literally be two minute long, two minute long videos. But yeah. it's the questions that people want to ask you. It's the questions that are actually very entertaining to people. And it makes up what your content should be. And so most of this content that we put out, you guys, it's it's literally just stuff that people are asking us either on Facebook or on Instagram or it shows up at our support desk. And we pull that stuff into this. And that's where a lot of our content comes from. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it, I'm really, really glad we got there because – Starting with production, obviously, that's kind of where everyone every, production's flashy, right? You know, you're sure. dealing with you're dealing with lights and cameras and action and everything. It's a it's a uh, it's a flashy element, but people so often skip beyond the content piece. So I'm really glad you brought that up. So it's something I wanted to make sure to ask you too. So obviously, you're creating content, you're creating imagery for a wide variety of vehicles, literally all the time. So my question for you is how on earth do you keep things um fresh maybe maybe fresh is the right word how do you keep things kind of keeping up with the joneses right the ever-changing digital landscape i mean shit every time we turn around there's a new social media or there's a new way to produce a video or something like that so how are you kind of accessing that information and and then how can you kind of pass that on to others um, well, the first thing that you have to realize is, is the way that we receive content has not really changed much. Um, the mediums and like the, the sort of some of the forms that we do, but it's still like we listen to audio content. We watch video content. Now hmm. it's changed in the, the way, like everything right now is very much short form. Um, hmm. you know, that, that, you know, that is, that is a difference, but it's still video or audio content that we're listening to, um, or watching. And so you, you gotta kind of have that in mind first. The second is, it's just like, I don't want to be on a platform that I don't enjoy. That's it. And so like somebody asked me like Atkins, you know, why are you on TikTok right now? Like what, you know, is, are your customers there? Well, number one, yes, absolutely they are. But I spend a lot of time on TikTok. I, I enjoy that form of content. I follow people, not just in the marketing space, but I follow a lot of people that are doing really interesting things in their area of expertise and they're delivering good content. And so I get a lot of ideas for what we're doing uh, outside of what we're doing uh, on that space. But YouTube, I watch a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of YouTube videos. And so I really, you know, I really enjoy not only the kind of content that they're, you know, delivering and the things they're teaching me, but the way that they deliver that content. Um, You know, one of my favorite YouTubers is Peter McKinnon and Peter's a photographer and everything that I know about photography has in some form come from Peter McKinnon. Um, and it, you know, not that I'm a pro photographer at all, but I've learned so much. There's so many things about the way that Peter, you know, puts videos together. Even though I, I could not pull off anything close to what he does, um, there's so many little things that have slipped into our production that were from him. And so that's another thing. Um, I have a lot of friends that do Facebook and Instagram type stuff, and you know, I really appreciate what they're doing, and. I think that a lot of a lot of my friends right now are sort of in this mode where they're following this guy named uh, Alex Hormozzi. Uh, I think Alex is great, by the way. Alex um, uh, came up doing gym marketing 
and uh, has a very successful gym marketing firm um, that he put together. But Alex does content a, a, a you know a certain way. So a lot of a lot of my marketing friends have started doing content that way. Uh, by the way, I refuse to do that. Um, <laughs> I, I, li- I like his content, uh, but I think that by the time everybody has started doing what he's doing, it's already it's you know you're behind. Yeah. yeah. Um, but here's what's really interesting, and this is the reason I bring this up is. Be, some of my friends that are doing that have also started adding their own spin on it, and that's what's interesting. Like that mm. extra thing that they're doing, standing on Alex's shoulders, um, you know, with, with what he did. That's what's interesting. So, you know, what I think is interesting is when you start seeing these trends of how people create content. Okay, that's because somebody did something that worked, right? Um, but it's the little tiny things that you notice on top of it that is really, really good. You know, right now we're following a trend uh, with uh, the new Taylor Swift album, how like marketers and like, you know, people out there are using uh, audio from that um, to do some very clever and fun things and have fun with what they're doing. So, you know, we're watching that. And I think that's the thing is it's like, don't put yourself on a platform that you don't enjoy. You know, now there's gonna be a lot of people be like, Ben, that's stupid. You should be on this platform because of this benefit that it has to you. Well, that's cool. If you're a million dollar company, you got tons of people behind you. But if you're just starting out, it's going to be really, really hard to do things that million dollar companies are doing now because you're seven steps behind them and you don't have the resources to get there fast. So what you got to do is just like, where do I really enjoy being all the time? And those are the platforms that you want to be on. And so for us, it is I'm picking up things that work on platforms because I'm actually on those platforms. And part of my day is literally just sitting in a chair and pulling out my phone and experiencing things that are happening there. Now, I know that's a luxury that some people don't have right now. Um, So you don't have to be everywhere. I think the key is, is every single social media platform out there right now, if you did the right things on one of them, um, you've got a living made, a really good living made. And so... Don't worry so much about being everywhere. Worry about being on a platform that you enjoy and try to innovate on that platform because you're watching other people do cool stuff. That you're like, cool, I don't even know how they do that, but I'm going to go learn and uh, then I'm going to do it. And that's how you sort of kind of keep adding those steps to what you're doing. You stay relevant and you keep moving. And that's the thing. The way we do the podcast right now, the way we do the TikTok channel and, and the things that we're doing right now, I guarantee you in three months, you will notice a difference because of what our team picks up every day as we're experiencing those platforms. And so, you know, it's those little tweaks that stack up and it's rarely we're like, Oh my God, we have to overhaul everything today and make all these huge changes. It's little tiny things that stack up into where we're going. And I think that's the thing is every single week, what's that one little thing that you could add to what you're doing or one thing that you can take away from what you're doing that is you testing something new. And if you do that every week, you have these things that catch and when they catch, that's where you see people explode. You'll see people that's that you'll see some people that do like three videos, Marshall, and then they blow up because they were just <laughs> doing something cool and unique. And then you'll see people that do like 40 or 50 videos or 100 videos. And all of a sudden they had that one thing that caught. Yeah. And they're like, oh, lean into that. Lean into that. And I think that's um, that's what's incredibly interesting about this stuff is when you're doing things consistently you start to see the holes in the fence that you can sneak through. Absolutely. I, I, I think there's so much of what you said that just rings so true in my head. I'm thinking about the fact that as a part of a bigger conversation, just in general, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, just in general, being aware of your surroundings, whether you own a small business in a small town or you are trying to pr- 
perform and and entertain people digitally worldwide you are you have to be constantly aware of what's going on around you and being able to not only you know kind of dip and duck and 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 dodge and and deal with uh what what's going on around you but also but also you got to be able to uh be, kind of create things that are not only entertaining but also make sense for you from a content creation standpoint. So I I think that's a that's a really really good point. I want to make sure too. So you you touched on a little bit of it. I want to I want to ask you a little bit more about this. So obviously if you're spending some of your time just kind of scrolling through and getting ideas and drawing motivation and inspiration, what kind of brands or individuals beyond ones you've already mentioned are you seeing out there that you're keeping up with on a really regular basis that uh, that you're kind of pulling some ideas from when it comes to imagery, when it comes to, you know, uh, digital images or video, whatever it is? Um, you know, like I said, I already mentioned Alex Hermosi, which yeah. I think Alex Alex is doing some cool things in the style of content that he's doing um, is very, very cool. Um, some other really, really cool things and, and, and some lessons that I learned, um, and I'll have to get you a link cause I don't even know this guy's name. I just know I follow <laughs> him and I know he's great. Uh, there's a chef, um, that's out there and oh, is it, uh, uh, is it David Chang? No, it's not Chang. I love Chang. Oh, okay. Chang, okay. Chang you is talked the best. About him before. Okay. Chang actually, Chang actually does this too, but I'm pretty sure he stole it. Um, oh. So if you guys go watch David Chang, you're going to see David Chang doing this too. Um, but this is a cat that I had never seen this guy before, and he's a chef. He's a skinny bald guy. Um, and uh, basically, it looks like in between his shift, he literally goes and finds cooking videos or gets tagged in other cooking videos and duets these on TikTok, and wow. he comments on what they're doing. Um it's a complete style of things that I think is very interesting. We've actually stole this a few times and had great success with it. We're going to continue to steal this idea, but, uh, and I'll make sure we get a link for you guys, but that's all he's doing. He's just like commenting what other people's videos are doing. Uh, and then at the end he says, um, he rates it. And then he says, uh, whether he would eat it or not, by the way, the, the punchline is he always would try it. Um, <laughs> he always would eat it, whether he rates it a 10 out of 10 or a one out of 10, he's always like, I'd eat it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so it's incredibly funny, but this is someone that I think is interesting because they hit, he has, a, he's a really dry sense of humor. He's not what most of us would think is like this person that'd be fun on video, but he's incredibly fun. And nice. so I, I think that that's a good one. Uh, another really good one, uh, from the cooking world is uncle Roger. Um, uncle Roger, uh, <laughs> Kate, you know, grew to fame because, uh, he was kind of doing that same thing. He was commenting on someone else cooking. Um, huh. but the way that he comments on it is hilarious. And so I, I think that that's the things, one of the things that people really get stuck on is like, I don't even know what I would do. You know, I, I'm a, I'm this kind of person. I'm a chiropractor, I'm a dentist, or I'm a cook. I don't know what I, I don't know how to put content in the world. Start off simply by like, start off on TikTok, something like that, where you can duet and you can comment on someone, what else someone else is doing. And it doesn't have to be negative. It literally can just be like you agreeing with what they're doing. That is a great way. There are entire brands that have been built out there off just doing that. And uh, if you pay close attention, you'll see people doing this on something like TikTok. So I think that's a good thing. The other thing that I really get into, it, and I think is always good, this is risky though. And you know, getting back to our risky at the beginning of the podcast today, Wendy's, <laughs> Wendy's, uh, their, oh, Twitter, their Twitter, their uh, Twitter, all their social, it's, ex it's extremely snarky. They <laughs> never shy away from a fight. Uh, but whoever is running the Wendy's um, social media is extremely good at what they do. Um, and yeah, and also just getting into uh, our uh, Memphis Grizzlies 
Um, I think they run a very good social media channel. Um, I follow them on Instagram, and I always love seeing the kinds of stuff that they do um, after a win, after a loss. It's always very interesting to kind of see how sports brands are running their stuff. So I'm a very big fan of the Memphis Grizzlies um, team and kind of what they're doing over there. And there's lots of really, really good sports teams that have great social media that do stuff that's actually interesting, not just, oh, we won today, you know, something stupid, that really get what's going on. And so those are just a few of the of the brands that I think are doing great things that it's not like they have, you know, yeah, they, they're getting paid to do this. They're full-time. They probably have a budget. But a lot of the stuff, it's not – it doesn't stand out as amazing because they have this great design team. It stands out because they're having fun with it and they understand what their brand is and they understand how to get in that voice. And if you're just starting out, I think this is the number one piece of advice I would give people as to how to really stand out on social media, how to stand out online, how to, how to make your production, whether it's audio, video, or just you know, a static image. The number one piece of advice I would give people is be consistent. You're going to get a lot of things wrong in the beginning, but if you're consistent and you do this every day, even if you just carve out five minutes to do this every day, you're going to figure it out in three months, period. What most people don't do is they don't consistently post or act on a platform for three months. If they would do that, they would find the holes in the fence that they could sneak through to success. And that's it. Like, isn't it a great world where all you have to do is continue to show up? And as long as you show up, you're going to figure it out. And the reason that works is because 99% of businesses out there that are trying to market some themselves online don't show up every day. And so if you do, you're there. Yeah, it's all about establishing that connection, right? At some point along the way, you're going to do that. So I, yeah. I think that's that's good stuff. And I'm really glad we talked about this. It's always it's always fun to take a deeper dive on subjects like this, especially uh, from my standpoint, because because we continue to just I mean, obviously, we, we continue to churn stuff out. And it's always good to take a quick pause and really <laughs> think about, you know, the methodology behind what we do, because there is a lot of methodology. We talked about it from the very beginning. Establishing some of that ground stuff is so, so important. And the fact that we're able to consistently produce such what I think is very vibrant imagery, but while also being very responsible from a fiscal standpoint, I just think that's, it's really good for people to see that it doesn't take some big massive budget or some unbelievable, uh, amazing design skills to be able to build and cultivate a brand, right? I I think that's so important to be able to share with people. No, end of the day, that's what it's about. It's, it's how do you take what is already going on in your business and just um, use online as a megaphone. That's it. And you know that's really what we're doing. We're not having to create something new most of the time. It's taking what we're already doing or what the questions we're already answering and we're using online as a megaphone to get it out to people that are our ideal customers. And if you do that and you understand a few of these little hacks that we talked about today, then you can do it for very little cash up front, you can generate a lot of business coming through the door with very little production uh, value, but it looks like you put a lot into it because you understood a couple of these key pieces uh, that we covered. So hopefully that helps a lot of people. 